the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. <laughs> we are here today on the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast, and I am joined by Derek McDowell, founder of the Youngstown Fleet. Thank you very much for coming on, Derek. Hey, thanks for having me, and I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, I've been meaning to talk to you for a little while, and um, a Facebook post the other day made me say, all right, this is the time to do it. And I think you know which one I'm talking about. It was the one that had to do with the new Canfield Coalition in terms of uh, increasing diversity. You, that post, you recall that one? Absolutely. Yeah. And I thought what you wrote on there was really fantastic. I agreed with damn near all of it. And so I wanted to have you on. Maybe you can uh, expound on that a little bit and we can start talking about how you're, you're basically trying to rectify that, you know, one day, one event at a time. Well, you know, a little context around it is, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, some months ago, you know, a group of folks um, decided to really look at, you know, Canfield and how welcoming the city was. <clears throat> And, you know, uh, an acquaintance of mine who runs a group in Youngstown, Mahoning Valley Sojourn to the Past is uh, Director Penny Wells. So she took a number of students from Youngstown and Youngstown City Schools to a forum discussion in Canfield. And they just shared from their perspective what Canfield felt like to them. And I recall the seeing things, that. <clears throat> one of the things that was happening there was at the forum, there were folks there um, who, who, who were literally armed, you know, in military fatigues and, 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 and rifles. And, um, Extremely and the kids welcoming. Even, yeah, it's, even, the kids even pointed to it and said, you know, this is an example. Now, the, the sort of re rebuttal to that was, no, we're here to keep you safe while you're here in Canfield. <laughs> but how did that feel to, to teenage, you know, black and brown folks who are coming to Canfield to tell you how welcoming you are? Mm -hmm. So there were folks there who certainly disagreed that, you know, they felt from their perspective Canfield was, was, was welcoming. It's a wonderful city. Uh, but there was a woman who was a resident of Canfield there who said, that's your experience. And that's sometimes where the main issue lies, is we conflate our experience with others' experience. And we don't take the perspective of saying, not everyone's enjoying this community in the same way you're enjoying it. And that's so right. I'm, I'll say fast forward to this coalition, which is you know some members of the community, some member of the clergy, and uh, I believe you know Penny Wells is on that um, coalition as well that these conversations are continuing. Uh, I think at the behest of the mayor, um, his words were, you know, if Canfield to some is not welcoming, then we want to, to address that and look deeper into it. And that to me, um, you know, and I, I don't know him personally, um, but it's a commendable noble effort. And hopefully it's one that uh, will continue and will be welcomed regardless of the result. It's a noble effort because some folks won't allow you to get to that step. No, absolutely. And that is setting the groundwork, hopefully, for people to bolster that notion with actual implementation and policies and whatnot. Like you saw one guy at that meeting say, well, 
you know, we, we certainly don't want to have, and you hear this a lot in, in communities of this nature, you certainly don't want to have multi-unit residencies going up because we have good schools because our, you know, tax base is so high. So we want to welcome everybody. And I'm sure there are African-Americans who can afford to live here. So if they can, they can just come here. It's like, yeah. yes, totally true. And if you don't even want to deal with multiple unit residencies, then you at least have to deal with the tone and the tenor of the town at large. And so that is what I think the mayor was addressing. He's like, listen, we're not going to talk about fiscal reasons why maybe black people don't live here because that's not why they don't live here. Yeah. And that's a whole nother thing. We're talking about feeling welcomed into yeah. a community, right? Doesn't mean I'm moving there. Maybe I'm passing through, right? right. Another statistic they shared, I think the, the police chief of Canfield had shared that much of their traffic stops were about 10% of African-Americans or people of color report over in Canfield. And the question was asked, and how is that possible when you're African-American? or 1%. Yeah, it's point like zero four or something, right? right. So, you know, Canfield's not that large. I think there's seventy two hundred plus folks in Canfield, and if your population isn't the one you're pulling over, uh, there might be a little bit of profiling folks, at play. You're, you're pass. You're pulling over people passing through that community, and uh, maybe we're not familiar with the streets and the 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 you know, the traffic signs or the, the speed limits or whatever that may be, maybe um, the nervousness, right? You could be doing everything right and the law enforcement officer get behind you and it just makes you know, whatever that may be. So yeah, what did I do? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do yeah. it, you know, but like and, I but saw recently um, Philadelphia actually stopped doing low level traffic stops because they didn't want to have any, you know, violent confrontations come out of them. But um, I was also listening to Bomani Jones's take on it. He's like, wait a second. I don't want you to give me a letter in the mail three weeks later telling me that I had a taillight out. Like, I would like to know that right away, please. You're basically sure. telling me that you cannot trust yourself to pull someone <laughs> over and do it responsibly. So yeah. I was, because I, at one point in the past, I was like, you know, this makes a lot of sense. Why have these interactions with armed officers when maybe all that's necessary is a bill in the mail later on. But at the same time, couldn't we just ask more, you know, of those interactions? Sure. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's, 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 again, a part of our issue in our society today is we, we place things in an either or position rather than a, a both and, right? We can yeah. do a little bit of both, right? We've I got a little of both of that be okay. You know, we've got technology at our disposal and, you know, it can be very useful. I know there was a kid in Youngstown who had uh, endeavored to to create an app that, uh, you know, if you agreed to install it on your phone, sort of worked in the way an Amber Alert does, right? If you were being pulled over by law enforcement, you got an alert on your cell phone that says, hey, you're being you're being pulled or requested to pull over by law enforcement for this reason, right? Mm. So that you would know, like, I'm, I'm after you, right? And here's why already. And, you know, uh, that you could take a picture of your driver's license and send it back to the law enforcement officer who was still sitting in his vehicle while you were sitting in your vehicle so that there was no, hey, Minimize. I'm reaching for, you know what I mean? And so is it perfect, right? Because somebody's going to hear this and want to peel that apart and say, you've never worked in law enforcement before to know why that wouldn't work. Um, can we try? 
<laughs> we're yeah. so unwilling to even explore and investigate. And so, you know, again, do I want to stop all low level interactions? No, because there's some low level interactions that have led to high level, uh, you know, career busts, right? You know, it yeah. looks like a, a tail light out with a, the trunks full of, you know, a Coke, you know, so uh, but at the same time, the opposite spectrum of that is my tail light actually wasn't out and you're looking for a reason to pull me over and, you know, exacerbate a, uh, a feeling that you think. And so you'll push and push and push until this turns into something. You know, I've had a, I've had a, a, an undercover, uh, you know, law enforcement officer come up to my window and I don't smoke. And he had a cigar in his mouth. And it was an unmarked vehicle and he pulls me over and he's like blowing smoke in my face. And I said, hey, listen, you know, I, can, you, can you please not do that, right? I'm gonna roll my window up because I'm not going to tolerate someone blowing secondhand smoke in my face. And so I don't know if you're trying to agitate me or what. And his response was, you look like you were about to do a drive-by shooting. And I thought <laughs> like, what does that look like? You know what I mean? I'm, a, I'm alone in my car. You're very uh, pensive. Yeah, where, where he pulled me over at was there were there were two empty lots, right, on either side of the street. So there were no residential homes. There was no one walking, right? So long story short, I mean, it's, it's, it's again, that pragmatism you and I talked about earlier, which is let's take a look at this from a practical approach and say, if we want a community to be more welcoming, then let's start by asking why don't folks feel welcome here? Yeah, and... It, it has to include all aspects and policing is a large part of it sure in a, yeah. in a place like canfield it's not like oh i don't feel welcome when i go into the canfield giant eagle i mean maybe that's the case but you know i, I that's on you you know or whatever but like that there are there are institutions and there are actors within the community that can do more than others For sure. yeah and and again you know what you know, the question is, as the community, and for certainly any community, no one person can speak for the entire community, but you have a mayor who's a representative of that community who was elected to, to put his best foot forward on behalf of that community. And he's saying, I want to ensure, you know, this community is as welcoming as possible. And so, you know, people will take that much more seriously from that office in that position. And so when you start saying, well, if we want a welcoming city, um, like you said, like law enforcement plays a huge factor in that, but cultural identity as well, right? And the, mm -hmm. the entertainment, right? I mean, what, what's the most notable thing in Canfield? It's typically the Canfield the rooster. Fair. That's right. You know, it's a hundred and what, 76 years of, of, of entertainment. And so how welcoming is it to folks who don't live in Canfield? Yeah. Or, or who are just passing through or, uh, when you look at the things that are meant to be, you know, entertainment, what do the artists look like who have occupied that grandstand every year? Are they, are they inclusive? Are they diverse? Or is it the same thing? Well, you know, we've been doing this for 176 years. Well, it's like, well, no wonder you get the audience that you get. No wonder you get the folks that you get coming through your community repeatedly. Yeah, and the, I thought it was odd this year that Darius Rucker was the largest name on the grandstand and had the lowest ticket sales. And I don't know what that portends. Um, yeah, that was partly because the, there, were, there was a prior act booked before him that canceled due to COVID. Right. So it was a last minute ad. But that was interesting, right? To, you know, we've had yeah. pentatonics there and um, 
you know, done well. You know, and again, I look at all of those things and say, you know, what, what black folks do and what white folks do are not always the same thing. And that doesn't make us bad, right? What Italians do and what Greek folks do aren't the same things. And that doesn't make you bad. Just means if you want to be more welcoming, then you need to understand there's more cultures out there than just your own. Yeah. And you're going to have to share and share alike. This is a, a sandbox, if you will. And if you only have bocce, <laughs> Well, there's some cultures that have never heard of that, you know, never yep. seen it, never experienced. Throw a dartboard up in there. Now you got 25 percent yeah. more appeal to the to the community. But yeah, all right. Yeah. So talking about that has to do or reminds me of like the draw of your Youngstown fleet, okay? Yeah. Because you have a lot of people coming from the suburbs down into the city, you know, to patronize what you got going on down there. And you're talking about like, how do we feel good doing that in reverse? Yeah. Essentially. Absolutely. And what, what I thought about, right, what came to mind was that Youngstown has its most to offer at its city center, at its core. And then in the periphery, in the neighborhoods, they don't have as much. Now, I mean, certainly Cornersburg is, you know, a different case, but what I, what I think I see is that you don't have to go to the center of Boardman to do everything. You don't have to go all the way to the middle and then there's only this one spot. It's all spread out and stuff. And so how do you feel about Youngstown in terms of like being pragmatic about what can stay, how much of it can, can still be viable, you know, on a street by street basis? It's a lot to ask, but like, can, can Youngstown start to have that kind of appeal in a neighborhood basis, or does it always have to stay in the, in the central district? You know, I, I think there's a number of, you know, um, experts and, you know, folks that'll say, you know, um, the, uh, you know, uh, re well consolidation, you know, yeah, I mean, there's the well-researched folks who will tell you that this is what you do. You know, you focus on your core and you stabilize it and you branch out from there. Um, I'm, I'm one of those people that, you know, I, I, I can hear that and I can give credence to it in a, in a number of ways, but I can also challenge it too to say that doesn't have to be the way we do everything. And it doesn't no, have to be- No, because from the things. end of Canfield or Boardman to the middle of Youngstown, there's a lot of streets in between there. There's a lot of yeah. neighborhoods in between there. Yeah, and it, and it places us in this position again that says we got to do either or. You do downtown or, you know, focus on neighborhoods. And I'm like, or we could do both. Right? But when the funding is limited, you know, you do have to make choices somewhere along the way. Sure, sure. And that, that you know, how you leverage that funding and how you stretch that dollar uh, can go a long way, right? You know, And we'll tell I you what your priorities are. Yeah, I built the Youngstown fleet for 250 bucks. And I can tell you exactly how I built it. I, I spent $14.99 on a domain name, $85 <laughs> on my hosting package, $99 for the articles of incorporation, and $50 to promote my first post on Facebook. And so when folks say that to me about money, I'm just like, stop. So, you know, stop telling me that, you know, with limited resources, we can't get things done. Like you could build a plaza on Glenwood for peanuts. The land, yeah. most of it is owned by the city. So we can make that a whole nother corridor. Yeah. You know, Hillman Avenue is 
mostly vacant lots at this point. Wouldn't take much dollar investment to begin to bring back some of the barber shops and some of the butcher shops and things that can create walking distance amenities to folks in that community. Correct. And they can you know, utilize on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, I'm not suggesting we don't have limited resources. $82.7 million in ARP funding, if you quite honestly put it in context with, for example, the EPA's request that we do $300 million worth of upgrades to our waste treatment so plant, the, yes, $82 million correct. is nothing. Nope. Um, but when you can build a business that has the impact like the Youngstown Flea for $250 out of a parking lot, and there's parking lots all over our community, there's yeah. places like South Fieldhouse sitting vacant right now. There's Pyatt Street Diner that people remember all back oh, in the day. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you yeah. want to draw folks to communities and neighborhoods? Then use what we have. Use the nostalgia of the places and spaces that were once, you know, known for those these types of things. Princeton Elementary School still sits vacant on the South Side. So where do we you see these types of meetings or of the minds coming together with you know, to share this type of blue sky thinking? Do you think enough of it's going on? I think it's, I think it's happening in different, you know, uh, silos. Yeah. Um, but I think we've had such an exhaustion of that because what we're looking for is actual action behind it. And when Not you don't group get think that, and, sort of, and action yeah. through committee. Yeah. You sort of lose folks after so many meetings, right? Yeah. Folks want, uh, microwave solutions to, 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 you know, generational issues. And in some instances, we can go out. I mean, if you took a financial class and you were in debt, you know, the first thing they tell you is if you got any spare money, pay off your smallest debts first because they invigorate you. They make you feel like you've accomplished something, right? So if you owe AT&T 30 bucks, pay them. Don't let that sit on your credit. Now, when you have a $30,000 student loan, it's not going to be so easy to take that. But once you say, okay, I paid off AT&T and, I, you know, I owed um, somebody over here $175 and I paid that down, you get this momentum. So we need to start looking at these small grassroots wins that we can, we can go after in communities and start drawing folks. Uh, but again, there's a lot layered on top of drawing folks into the neighborhoods of Youngstown. And so... Uh, when folks come down to patron the Youngstown Flea, I'm thankful for that because they are coming from not just, you know, the Columbianas and the Salems and the Boardmans and the Polands and the Austin Towns and the Canfields. I mean, these are folks that are coming from New York and, you know, I've had vendors participate from Detroit and visitors from Canada. Um, there yeah, was, you know, I mean, the best part about it is that, like, Sure, you can have a good idea or just be someone who has a lot of people in your corner and they'll come and they'll rally rally and try to help you as much as they can, but the proof's in the pudding. And as long as you have a good product, you don't need to be propped up by anybody anymore because like you said, you're going to be getting takers from all over the place for your, your goods and services. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you've got the, you know, uh, you know, folks who, who, you know, maybe suffer from something like I do as you get older, right? I got a sciatic nerve. I mean, you tell me there's a good chiropractor out in Cortland, you know, I'm, I'm going to go check him out. Ooh, you're and talking, so, you're preaching to the choir. Mine acted up last week. I was laid up for four days. Get out of here. Look at where we digress into. But, Old no, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, <laughs> you know, I certainly don't want to minimize anything, right? I mean, at one point, uh, Youngstown's infrastructure was supporting 
you know, 130, 170 plus thousand folks at the height of our population in the 1930s. And you now are down to 60,000 folks. So you're talking a lot of sprawl, a lot of infrastructure to try and address and draw folks to. So no, you cannot draw everybody to every geographical part of this city. We're going to have to uh, defrag, as they would say in the tech world, and condense mm -hmm. and bring some of this um, more cohesiveness to sort of the neighborhoods. But if you look at, you know, um, growing Elm Street and what they're doing over there off of campus with Culture House Coffee and Prep Wellness and, you know, Art House on Elm and Wick Park, you know, they've got these little pocket neighborhoods that are drawing folks uh, really stabilizing the residential portion of it. And I That's saw right. that recently there's some kind of grant for 800 uh, houses to be demolished coming yeah. to the city. Yeah. I mean, you know, so that's it, good. Um, Cutting down on blight. Yeah. Why in DC? So there's, there's, there's folks that are being drawn to, uh, so yes, in theory, you know, stabilizing campus and bringing a few more amenities to YSU has drawn folks, but guess what? YSU still suffered from the fate of many uh, universities with population and, and, and student enrollment decline. And so it is not a end-all, be-all, fix-all with if you build it, they will come. Right. You know, there's a much more we've got to do. Uh, and part of it for me is uh, a pride that we're missing. Uh, there's got to be a pride in the valley, there's got to be a pride in communities, and there's got to be a cooperation. You know, if you looked at one of my other posts, I think you had commented uh, or, or pointed out to me, you know, I, I say we're nothing more than some sibling cities. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like yeah. we got cute little Canfield and baby Boardman and oh, look, there's Austin Town and here comes Youngstown, right? Uh, except the way we treat one another is really not like family. No, no, it's and, like the cousins you hope don't come to the party and they always do and yeah, you sit at, at the other family. side of the hall yeah i should say a healthy family because some folks will say oh well that's that's sort of how my family we're, we're dysfunctional and so we all know that no one really truly wants to exist in a dysfunctional family where you, you can't have a conversation without disparaging one another you, you can't stop bringing up each other's records of wrongdoings right sure Pride oh. in the valley means the whole valley. And so yeah. you should feel prideful in the successes of your surrounding communities and also feel the plight of them, you know, in their failures. Yeah. Um, like and issues, you know, initiatives like, uh, you know, defend Youngstown, they're not just some cool little slogans, right? Those were mentality shift moments for us to say, hey, you know, of course, we're going to sort of, you know, take a step back when you accuse us of all of the crime of the valley, because yeah. we're the county seat and it's the easy thing to do. When articles are being pulled down from uh, federal court documents and, and, and the feds don't care to differentiate between the suburbs and the city, so they just write mm -hmm. Youngstown for everything. And an article reads Youngstown this. And it's like, but that's, you know, and I don't want to see crime in any committee and community, right? No, but when well, something good happens, they don't just lump everyone together in Youngstown. They yeah. give them their fair chance. If we, if we take it back to siblings, imagine if you were blamed for everything every time something went on. Every time your parents came home, they were like, Run! Oh, this is a Marsha, Marsha, Marsha moment. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> yo, um, not me. 
you know, and they still don't even believe you. And so you've got to defend yourself over and over and over. So what that's going to do to you, you know, that's where we get the term black sheep from in a, in a community, yeah. in a family. It's just like, well, you're the one that's just so different. We can't figure you out. And you've always got something wrong with you. That's what we've created with Youngstown. Meanwhile, and, yeah, go ahead. Know, most of those other communities are sort of sitting back, enjoying the fact that they're not going through what we're going through. Yeah. I just think that what there's, there's would so, do that to a sibling. There is so much similarities between us. You can't tell me that you're so different from someone that lives two, three blocks away. And I saw like one of the memes where it shows every city as a character in the whatever, the office or whatever it is. It's like, yeah. how can you live up to a stereotype just based on where you're located in every aspect of your life? Like, why, why buy into a self-fulfilling prophecy that is essentially just going to bring you farther apart from your neighbors? And yep. there is the sense of pride, and I get it. So if you have Canfield pride, that's okay. But don't let it supersede pride for Ohio or whatever, you know? Like, that's the whole country over party discussion for another day. But well, I just... I think, again, that's, that's, that's why we position this. It's either or and not both and it's like have pride for canfield and youngstown and the valley and the state right i mean it's like why do we and have yourself to... yeah and you're just you know what i mean like i always wonder why folks sit in these positions of of um hubris and won't come show us how you did it right i mean if you're so rich wouldn't it be awesome to, to stroke your ego a little bit and go, hey, I can show you how I got this money, Ron? You know, if you were so well-lived about, you know, Not when pulling up the ladder behind you is like yeah. your next goal. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like, and for my next trick, we're going to keep it all to ourselves, right? I mean, if we're so well-educated, then come show us. Oh, yeah. well, you know, it's not There'll be enough time. there for all of us, right? Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, Listen, thank you very much. But again, much. you know, I want to make clear that, you know, again, like I'm not one that, um, you know, has any issues with, with you know, folks who want to, you know, occupy the suburbs or the city or rural America or wherever. You know, some folks just, they're not city folk. There's some folks, I'm not a country folk, you know what I mean? Um, but when you get down to it, we've got challenges and we've got issues more with mentality and mindset about where we live, right? I heard this quote one time that says, where you live should not dictate if you live. Mm. There's some zip codes where you're like, we're, we just look at them and we just, oh, I don't go there. And it's like, yep. well, if you don't go, somebody's gotta go, you know what I mean? And so, you know, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, I, I'm, I've chosen where I live and I've chosen to give my life to the city that I love. And I recognize the challenges, I recognize the dangers, but I recognize uh, what's most noble about that as well is that there's no greater love than this, that someone who's willing to lay down their life. And I don't take this lightly. So this conversation I'm so thankful for because it's life and death for me. It is not something I goof off about or joke around with i will go to canfield Town, poland youngstown and we'll have this if we want to have these kind of conversations i'm gonna beg folks just be open-minded about what your sibling city's going through 
And walk with us through it. Walk, walk with us through it. Like, what, what is that going to cost you to say, you know what? In my spare time, I'm going to join in with Rescue Mission, who just built a wonderful new facility, and, and give of my time there. I'm going to want join in with the Boys and Girls Club in Youngstown. I'm going to patron the Youngstown fleet. You can bet that the city, in most cases, we don't have a choice sometimes but to patron the suburbs because we don't right. have any other outlet. Yep. And so by default, you're getting our dollars coming your way, you wouldn't be able to sustain the economic development they're enjoying right now if that weren't the case. Uh, but when it's time to reciprocate, I always joke with folks, you know, Youngstown's most safe when Elton John is in town. <laughs> <laughs> like magically, you know what I'm saying? Like, Well, their demography changes drastically for the evening. <laughs> for the evening, it's interesting. We could just hang on to that. It's like the Cinderella effect, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, you guys are here now. Hits, and y'all are here cool. now. Elton's yeah. leaving, but y'all are here. Yeah. <laughs> they want to catch a ride with him out of town. Like, yo, Who doesn't? Here. My goodness. He's probably living like Liberace <laughs> yeah. up on that plane. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Now, if I rolled up through the hood with uh, Elton John, at, uh, I think my kudos would go through the roof because he, uh, he had a song with Tupac. Right, you know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or that might just be a sample. I don't know if he would actually, uh, you know. Perform, that might have just perform. been the hologram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll take at this point. Hologram, Tupac's good as the, you know. We need anything we can. Absolutely. So much left on the table with that, man. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for being on. I hope to have you again soon. Uh, you know, and like you said, not just conversations, but doing. Proof is in the pudding. Go down there, investigate, yeah. and um, bring yourself into the fold. Hey, Ron, thanks for letting me share my heart, man. I really appreciate the opportunity, and uh, I look forward to future conversations with you, as well as future podcast episodes of other folks you bring in, man, and other topics you tackle. Cool. Thank you very much. Take care of yourself. You too, man. Thank you. You got it.